We're going to um, move into a season and a time together as a family that uh, I'll bring a little more definition to this this Wednesday night in terms of our 2024 New Year's Revelation. But I want to just start to explain uh, some of this to you this morning, and, and a number of people are going to help me by way of video um, segments that we have that we've utilized over, uh, some we've utilized over time, some are new. But there's just a concept and an idea, and, and just to be totally honest with you, there have been so many variables going in so many directions this morning. Uh, I'm standing in front of you feeling just a little scattered uh, right now, and I don't want to do that. So I just want, um, let's really just pause where I'm looking at the clock and I'm thinking about how much time we have and all that we're supposed to do. I'm just going to put all that at ease. Uh, this, is, this is a common phrase we're starting to hear at Destiny. People come and they say, we are tired of fast food church. It's really been a wild uh, common variable. But that statement has been made multiple times. And how many of you know uh, we really need to learn to feast at the table of the Lord and not just have a fast food approach, get in, get out, get on with life, apply a little bit of Jesus. Come on, we, we're not here to entertain. We're here to encounter him. So let's do that. Let's just pause for a moment. Would you just align your heart? Just recalibrate for a moment. Lord, we acknowledge the most important thing we can do as a result of our gathering, which you tell us not to forsake, is to give our undivided attention and our undivided affection to you. So we choose to do that right now. We just devote ourselves to be aligned with all you're desiring to reveal, each and every one of us, where we individually can sense what you're saying to us specifically, but then congregationally as a family, Lord, I thank you that you somehow speak to all of us and you speak to each of us. Your word says in 1 John, you don't need a man to teach you for the anointing will teach you. <laughs> so if we don't have the anointing, then we're just revving everybody up with a positive motivational sermon but you have called us to more than that we are those who walk with God we want to be strengthened in that journey as a result of our gathering today in Jesus mighty name amen amen so in this season uh, particularly as we're celebrating the birth of Christ we do want to understand Jesus is here <laughs> Like he has come and he is here. How many of the nearness of God is not a question? Like he is here. But the awareness of the nearness of God, that's what we have to work on. And so we're stepping into a time where it's more than just discussing principles, but we're going to start to unveil practices that take us from merely what we believe to an understanding of how we behave. And I want you to, to get this because it's vitally important. Jesus came in flesh to model for us certain ancient practices that have been tried tested and proven over the course of a long period of time many believers along the journey of all these generations 
have applied themselves to these practices that Jesus came to model. And it has more to do than just, just if you'll believe a certain set of beliefs. This is largely what we have made Christianity out to be in the Western world church, and it's largely why uh, everything seems to be so surface when it comes to the Western world church. We have the privilege of working with churches in various places in the world now, and it's amazing to me the depth of what we hear when we start talking to people that are leading church or participating in church in uh, nations of the world where it's illegal for them to actually worship Jesus openly. And they're so deep, and they're so driven, and they're so passionate, and they're so hungry, and so awakened. And I believe the Lord's bringing that to the Western World Church. I just want to announce God's bringing that here. We are going to start to model that in a deeper way. Would you just join with me? Come on, let's celebrate that in. Let's call that in over our own lives. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Everything that we are, we are going to serve the Lord. Jesus didn't just come to perform a rescue operation to extract us out. He actually came to mobilize sons and daughters of God in the earth that would learn to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth everywhere we go as it is in heaven. Everywhere we go, we bring God's presence to real life. That's just who we are. That's just what we do. We're learning to grow in that more and more and more. What we realized, and everybody would agree, actions speak louder than words. And words are important and beliefs are important, but actions speak louder than words. Behavior speaks louder than believer, if that's a word. I mean, what you believe is important. We're not going to marginalize or, or make that secondary. It's just that faith without is dead. <laughs> So we've got to understand and recognize what that looks like to begin to build uh, lives that model the actions that we observe in the life of Jesus. Jesus has come. Jesus is here. He's still making disciples today. How many of you know that's true? He is still making disciples today. It was beautiful just to hear Noemi's story of God just awakening her. Uh, listen, there are lots of stories right now that we're hearing all over the world about God just awakening people, uh, like people that even have other beliefs, and they don't even believe in Jesus. They're having visitations from Jesus, and he's awakening them to the purposes of God, and then they're getting saved, and then they're helping others that are misled and deceived and confused to come out of the darkness and confusion into his marvelous light where we all get to live Maybe we can learn to walk in that light in an even greater measure as we start to walk this out. Actions speak louder than words. So I just, I think it's important for us to understand stepping into this. Legacy is not about principles that we say we believe. Legacy is an important word. Legacy is not just about principles that we say we believe. Legacy is about practices that come from the principles that we truly believe. You have no problem translating what you believe into how you behave. That's just normal, automatic. But if how you behave doesn't seem to resemble sometimes what you think or say you believe, then we need to examine that discrepancy and that distance that might exist in every one of us. How many of you think the Lord might be about to do surgery in your heart? Anybody? How many of you welcome the Lord to do surgery in your heart? So, Lord, we really need you in all of this. Deliver us from just another motivational speech and rhetorical gathering where we feel like we've checked the box. We really want 
to encounter God as our way of life. And so help us to see that and know that, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So key that you understand, and we all understand, I'm preaching to myself more than I'm preaching to you today with what I'm going to share, uh, though I'm going to give several illustrations of things that I know the Lord's wanting to embed deeper in my own heart and my own life. But this is important. It's going to pop up on the screen. I want you to really rehearse it. In fact, let's all say it together. I'll, I'll quote it for you first, or let's just read it all together. One, two, three. We will never leave a legacy until we first live a legacy. This is really important. A legacy that you live is the legacy that you leave. I've watched uh, with our girls growing up who are now, are now adults, like they watch. How many of you know they watch? They see you do something, and they then do that later, and you're thinking to yourself, I didn't mean for you to see that. Anybody that ever happened before? <laughs> I mean, they will do what they see you model. You can say you believe one thing, but the way you behave is what will have the deepest impact. In other words, what you believe isn't what establishes the legacy of your life. How you behave is what establishes the legacy of your life. So taking principles that we know are vital to understand in the Word of God and producing out of those principles practices that we set into motion, that's actually what will impact the generation uh, around us and beyond us as we start to walk that out. So... I, uh, Steve Sibley caught me last Sunday and he just said um, really impacted me when I saw this picture online and I thought well that's really aligning to this uh, I want to kind of take you on a journey this is a, a, a picture spot years ago many many years ago a couple of decades ago Tracy and I uh, started this this family uh, tradition where in November around Thanksgiving we take a trip to Branson and it's just a slow down place for us and, and any time I'm traveling or going somewhere, I try to find a spot where that will be my spot to meet with God. Usually when I arrive, I go find the spot the night before I wake up in the morning, and I found this particular spot, and here are a few years of this picture, because I came back to it. Every single year, I would go back, and I would take a picture between these two trees overlooking that river. It was just so beautiful. That's probably 20 years ago picture, and then there's this progression of pictures you'll see um, this is, you know, another year looks almost the same because it's the same spot. It's the same latitude, longitude, coordinates. Just roll them on there. It was a foggy day. You couldn't see the water. So Faith and Lexi are little babies and sleeping in the condo, and I'm, you know, praying all these years. I keep going back to the spot until this year. And this year, I realized I'm standing there introducing the prayer spot to the young man that would marry my daughter who I had been praying for in that spot since she was a tiny little girl. So I just want to say to you, Carson, you better not mess this up. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that's impactful this is the thing listen carefully stop getting discouraged over a bad day God measures faithfulness in years not days just stay at it so you blew it so you disconnected so you missed your prayer time so what you know just get over it like he's not angry at you He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He's wanting to pick you up, dust you off, help, help you move forward. 
And out of this years of constantly coming back over and over again, something of legacy begins to be established. And it's really important that we understand it. Really important phrase. Getting a focus is easy. <laughs> Keeping a focus through the rhythm of consistent practice is what unlocks the weightier things in this life. We'll revisit this, this phrase in conclusion today, so just think about it. Getting a focus is easy. I, probably you'll be inspired this morning from what you've already seen to consider getting a focus. Getting a focus is great. Getting a focus is easy. It, it is just a... Uh, infinitesimal small idea to get a focus but keeping that focus then is what really takes us into a place of leaving a wonderful wonderful legacy so today I want to talk to you about the rhythm of God God has rhythm I don't know if you realize it he's a God of rhythm and I'm going to prove that to you uh, through just a few things I, we've we've talked about this a lot in years past and actually done entire seasons around it but I want to give you kind of a snapshot of it because rhythm is more integral than our existence than anybody may realize uh, you actually have perfect rhythm on a molecular level I know during worship sometimes I look around and some of you make me wonder if that's true <laughs> raise your hand if that's you just be honest be honest <laughs> I wasn't even going to point you out Charlie but yeah <laughs> you actually have perfect rhythm on a molecular level. You understand on the smallest level, there are these whirling electrons and there's this rhythm to it. And on the broadest level, as we go out into the galaxy, we see rhythm, motion, planets. I mean, all it's amazing. There's rhythm everywhere. And we need to understand that. This perfect rhythm for us physiologically on a molecular level actually is what scientists call biological rhythm this is your heartbeat has a rhythm your breathing has a rhythm your sleeping and waking has a rhythm you you understand life is about rhythm some people wake up differently than other people would you agree with that Tracy and I learned early on that we didn't wake up the same way I mean, we got married, and, and it was very good, and then we woke up together, and I wake up like Tigger, <laughs> and I'm ready to go. Are there any Tiggers in the house? Like, whoa, it's a good day. This is a great day. The Lord is here. You know, that, I mean, that's my wake-up mode. That's not Tracy's wake-up mode. Tracy's wake-up mode is just stay calm. Give me some time. Give me some room. And I'd be like, give me my mom good morning kiss. And she'd just be looking at me. And I know she was thinking in her mind, I've seen CSI. I know how to dispose of a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> and so we would, we would, you know, collaborate and we would uh, negotiate. And, and finally we compromised. And, and we do kiss in the morning with no pucker. She's too tired to pucker, so I will settle for a face bump. That's okay with me, <laughs> if that's what it takes. But that's our rhythm, and I give room for that, and, and we all need to learn you know, to negotiate, to, to walk those things out. There's this different rhythm in every area of our lives, and we have to learn 
Your rhythm is not my rhythm, and my rhythm is not your rhythm. And the greatest concern I have about moving into a time of understanding principles that produce practices is that people will start to look at somebody else's rhythm and think that's the rhythm I should have when actually God wants to introduce you to the rhythm He designed for you. The standard of comparison is a problem in society, and we don't want to embrace that in the church. We want to dispel that in the church. I just want to say loud and clear, why don't you be you? You be who God designed you to be. And all of us need to become more Christ-like. Let's don't use any you know, temperament issues as excuses. Love is patient. Love is kind. How many of you know God wants you to become more of that? But he doesn't want you to try and be like somebody else. He wants you to... There's only one example we're following, and his name is Jesus. That's the example we want to follow. So God is a God of rhythm. Let me walk you through something. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Turn over to Psalms 33. Because I want you to think about this with me. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is, this is how it happened. In Psalms chapter 33, verse 6, we read in Scripture, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. In the beginning, God created. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. How did God create? He spoke, and everything came into existence. Or is that the way it happened? Actually, it's interesting to me, but Zephaniah chapter 3 tells us that God is a God who sings over us, verse 17. God is a God who sings over us, Zephaniah 3, 17. God created the world. He spoke, and the world came into existence. I believe God didn't merely speak the world and all the rhythm of creation into existence. I believe God sang the world into existence. I believe all creation, all matter, everything that exists, exists as a result of the very rhythm of God that he imparted into existence when he created it out of a song. Think about it. When you hear the right song, how many of you go crazy? You wake up. You do. You just wake up. The right song comes on, and you just wake up. Like something inside you clicks. All of a sudden, you know, you, you, you're doing something nobody even knows you could do, and you're, you're breaking it down. I will break it down. My, I know my daughters love it when I start... <laughs> don't turn on any music or it'll happen <laughs> number one thing I hear from my girls dad you're embarrassing but it, it happens in your life when the right you'll be in the mall you'll be in a store the, you'll be on you know listen to your your car radio whatever and all of a sudden the right song comes on and just something inside you starts to move because you were created with a song. You actually were created to sing. You were created to express this rhythmic expression of God. Uh, the, the Bible actually reveals this, and all of the captors in the history of Israel point to this. History shows this with great certainty and tremendous clarity, that when the Israelites went into bondage, they consistently lost their song. How many of you have lost your song recently? 
Because when you've stepped away from experiencing the joy of the Lord as your strength, no matter what the circumstances may be, you still can have joy. And bondage will cost you your song. But we are those who want to keep the rhythm of God. But because God created the world, and I believe he created the world through singing and not just speaking, then that's why I personally believe that reading the Bible is a lot more like music than it is like math. Reading the Bible, it just the same way a song wakes you up, a verse can wake you up. How many of you ever had a verse just see you through a difficult time in life, and later you come back and you hear that verse, and it just, it's not like, ooh, two plus two is four. Ooh. It's not like math. It's like music. Something is awakened within me, and I really start to press into that. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, in the message says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. <clears throat> There's almost like this rhythmic cooperation with God. That's why I love the word guidance. If you have a pen, you might write down the word guidance. It's a great spelling of the word G-U-I dance, guidance. God, you and I dance. That's what it is to actually walk in the guidance of the Lord, the leadership of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says in Galatians 5, to walk in the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit. So we're walking in this rhythmic expression. We're sensing what the Lord is doing. Every moment of the day, we're created with this ability to cooperate with something very rhythmic out of the heart of God that He's sown into the fabric of our existence. And He didn't just speak the world into existence. He sang the world into existence. And He's calling to that rhythm that exists within you today, even as I'm speaking, that you would start to understand the rhythm of prayer. You would start to understand the rhythm of fasting. You would start to understand the rhythm of solitude. You would start to understand the rhythm of Sabbath. You would start to understand the rhythm of these practices that are born from principles that we begin to demonstrate and model and walk out in our own lives and establish a legacy that exists in the lives of those around us. So we every year have this rhythm of what we call the New Year's Revelation. Probably the most uh, talked about term back to me uh, that we've talked about ever as a church. Over the years, when we've introduced this idea, it's just so um, reminding, it, 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 we're, we're easily reminded of it because the new year happens every single year, rhythmically. And it's not just a New Year's resolution, which is something I want to improve in my own life, but it's a New Year's revelation. What does God desire in my life in 2024? Has anybody started thinking about that? Like 2024, there are things that the Lord has in mind. So learning to pay attention to that, it gives you a focal point when you come back just to pray and read and seek the Lord. And you're, I'm not sure where to read. I'm not sure what to focus on in my pursuit of God right now. And you come back to what was the word the Lord gave us for the year. This year, 2023, as a church family, we have focused on the word deeper. This Wednesday night, we're going to be talking at the Serve Team Appreciation about the 2024 revelation, starting to unveil that and starting to move forward in that so that we might all really have clarity and understanding. I came to the realization that 2024 is actually, for me, the 30th year in a row that I have had a New Year's revelation. And I started going back and looking in my files. I've kept those uh, logged. And I, it's on our blog. If you want to look at those New Year's revelations, I've got all 29 years up to uh, through 2023 listed there. But it's the first thing the Lord spoke to me was in 1995. It was just going to be a year of prayer. And I began to learn what it was to really dialogue with God, not just 
complain to God, but dialogue, have a conversation with Him. 96, it was quantity Bible reading. I was reading as much of the Bible as I could that year, reading through, reading through. And then 97, I felt the Lord said meditation and memorization. I slowed way down in my reading. It was just a different focal point. You get the picture. Every year, it's just a different focus. Uh, one of my favorite was the year 2000, Rocks Remember Review. And I studied everywhere in the Bible where they would pile up these piles of rocks. And I would try to figure out why were they piling up piles of, piles of rocks. They would pile rocks, they would remember what God had done, and they would review them with their children. And we took our girls uh, years ago, kind of in the name of Rocks Remember Review, on a journey to see where mom and dad met and, and where we had our first kiss. And we actually stood there and we kissed again. And it was really fun, so we kissed again. And the girl said, would you please stop? So we kissed again. And so this progression of every year coming back over and over. And, and here's a, a, just a, a brief clip. It's like a two-minute clip that we've used to help people get the picture. Some people are more visual. So uh, I thought I'd just show it for you this morning. equation of you plus resolve, you plus willpower, you plus your energized effort equaling some type of transformation or some miraculous life, well it's not the best map to live by. There is a far better arithmetic. The point of living the right life is not added effort first or good ideas to start out with. This way of thinking excludes God and defines you as the source. It excludes his grace and power. It subtracts his ideas, counsel, and wisdom. What if we had a spiritual math that added God? What if our resolutions started with revelation? What if our efforts started with surrender? God's power would be injected into your life. We've decided to take the first 40 days of each year and devote ourselves to God. This focus gives God a place in the equation. We want to spend this time with an extra emphasis upon praying, giving, and connecting with others receiving God's counsel into our lives. Let's rewrite our spiritual map and receive a better solution. Just a great concept for us to understand. The Lord is, he, God is a speaking God. We must be a listening people. How many of you grew up and you didn't really think about the fact that you could hear the voice of God? Like so many Christians don't even have a concept that that's a thing. <laughs> but it is. I mean, for goodness sake, he sent his word, he sent his son and described him as the word made flesh. He's saying, can I have a word with you? Can I initiate a conversation with you? God desires for us to have this awakening. And so what we're focusing on as we step into 2024 is the first 40 days is kind of the first fruits of the year. It's the beginning segment of the year, almost 10% value of the year. And we want to give the Lord our very best in the first fruits of the year to set the tone for a year that would be completely graced by God in a hunger and a pursuit of our own. So we're asking everybody to give consideration to what it means just to really sacrificially gather. Not just come to church when it's convenient, uh, but to gather sacrificially the way Jesus demonstrated the pursuit of true life, sacrificially. Uh, we're inviting people, if you've not 
been a part of Discover Destiny and you want to step in and just get a better picture of who we are as a church family, then you can fill out a uh, Connect card today and just drop it in one of our giving stations or we'll have a digital option at the conclusion that we'll explain. But that'll start coming into the beginning of the year where all of our groups are going to be focusing on our core values this year, our core practices that are born from our core principal values. And we're going to explain all that as we progress into that. But I would invite you to discover destiny and step into what does it mean to actually be a part of a church family if you're not really engaged or involved. And let's step forward in what the Lord may have in store in all of this. Um, this is something we do every year with a welcome to the family happening this week. So again, these rhythms, these routines, the, one of the things that we're trying to encourage everybody to do is daily spend time in the Word. So there's this concept of turn the page, and I keep talking about it all the time. And, and I noticed uh, a couple of months ago, there's uh, a, a lady named Julie Shan, Julie and Seth. We called him Side Door Seth because he always served at the side door. Um, great family, and they've been relocated. They're now in Hawaii. Um, but she posted this, and if you'll play that uh, clip, this is uh, something that once she moved to Hawaii, she actually played just a video of her turn the page when she finished reading and it said it's taken two and a half years from beginning to end to finish my turn the page every day I get up before the Sun to get in the word I've learned so much from reading this book and will pass down to my girls when they're ready my favorite part was knowing God was speaking to me through what I was reading during different times of the past two and a half years now I get to open my new Bible and start over again and it really spoke to me as I just saw her turning the pages with that music in the background. I just realized here's someone who really picked up the idea of reading Scripture. And I hope everyone will. It's another, uh, uh, I've just had a few people share this idea by way of video. And I'm standing kind of here just, just so everybody knows, uh, those of you that are joining us online. We've been put in Facebook jail when we put our videos up firsthand, so we're kind of zoomed back and showing the videos on the middle screen, hopefully solve that problem. If you're still online with us on Facebook, then hey, we're doing great. But that's why uh, this is the case. So would you go ahead and play uh, the other video, Sean sharing his Turn the Page experience. Hi, my name is Sean Sanders. I'd like to speak to you about my uh, experience with reading the Bible. Uh, as a kid, I grew up in church, uh, going to church with my grandparents, but uh, as an adult, just really never uh, read the Bible from start to finish. Uh, I would pick it up and read uh, verses here and there, but uh, never the Bible from start to finish until the Turn the Page Challenge. Uh, when Pastor mentioned this years ago, uh, my wife decided that uh, we would actually commit to doing this, and, and uh, we did. Uh, we started with uh, one page, wrote the date, and we just kept going. Uh, and it has been an absolute game changer. Uh, it has really, really uh, opened my eyes, um, and it's really brought me closer to God in, in, in my walk. Uh, uh, and so I really, really encourage anyone, uh, actually not anyone, everyone, uh, I encourage you, please start with one page. Take the challenge. Start with one page, write the date, and just keep going and see how it affects you uh, in your walk with God. Uh, I'm already on my second turn the page. And I'm in Revelations now, and I've already got my third ready to go. So uh, it has been an absolute game changer for me, and I would really encourage anyone uh, to do the same. Thanks. Man, I hope you're uh, right. considering this really important principle of practice. 
you know, whatever this looks like in your life, you've got to decide that. But as your pastor, I just want you to know, if you have not done this specific challenge, turn the page, I'm asking you to, um, to give it a shot and give some consideration. So many people have said they never read their Bible all the way through, and now uh, we're starting to do it. And so, again, we're focusing in so much on practice. I do want you to understand something when you're reading the Scripture. Here's just a, a picture of the overall Bible layout. It's important that you understand what you're reading. Jesus came and he bridged the gap between the Old Testament and New Testament. So in the Old Testament, it starts with these books of history, moves to poetry or wisdom, uh, and then prophecy, the major prophets, the minor prophets. And then we see where Jesus comes not to do away with the law, but to fulfill the law and awaken the law within our hearts. And that's what we read about in the four Gospels. The, Luke, uh, bu the book of Luke is, is, in my opinion, the best gospel for you to be reading during Christmas. Um, because it tells the story like most movies would show it as a progression. Most movies follow the narrative of Luke. It's just a great progression of that. But then you see, you know, the book of Acts and history. Those are Paul's letters. Then other letters that followed. And then prophecy in the book of Revelation. Um, I also think it's important that you understand translations of Scripture. You know, today I'm kind of coaching more than I'm even preaching. You, you know why I'm taking time for all of this conversation instead of just revving you up? Because I'm not trying to merely inspire you. I really want to empower you. I want you to walk out of here and apply yourself to something. And what we see in the, um, in the translations of Scripture, just for sake of, of information, the interlinear is a word-for-word disposition of scripture and literally it shows you each word in the hebrew language in the old testament greek language in the new and then the new american standard and the english standard version are really the two supreme versions translations of scripture that are more word for word than others and then you migrate into thought for thought in the middle and and we're not against or you know any translation but you just need to understand then to move on and and those uh, on the very end over there are more paraphrases of scripture than they are actual translations and so i do i want to just let you know i looked this up online this morning these are journaling bibles and tracy has had a real heart for our church family to have these journaling bibles and so um she's gotten donations some people here have donated for it so we've had grants and so we're trying to always get these Bibles in your hand. They're really nice Bibles. They're wide margin Bibles. And um, I looked them up online, and they are anywhere from 30 to 60 bucks, uh, depending on the Bible you get. And she, we have these in the lobby for $25. And if you can't afford that, just talk to her. Uh, we want to get the Word of God in your hand. We want to get you in the Word of God. Um, and so those are available today. She'll be out there looking cute in the lobby and, and uh, selling Bibles. So. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know what I'm saying. I just say stuff. <laughs> During these first 40 days, uh, I, I know I had some pictures. Let's go ahead. I, um, pictures of, of my devotion time. And, and this is, like I think, Lexi's Bible on the left. Is that right? Lexi's Bible on the left. That's mine on the right. Mine's boring. Hers is beautiful. And, uh, you know, just getting in the Word and interacting with Scripture, and that's kind of the journaling Bible on the left, the idea. The next picture just shows... Um, both the girls when they were, uh, you know, celebrating obviously Noah and the ark, and then the next pictures. I think the we introduced this in our uh, in a discipleship forum. And uh, Kaya, look at you, Kaya, Jasmine, man, we got this is awesome. This is yesteryear pics showing up when the when these young ladies were really young. So 
We're just wanting everybody to get on board with going deeper in your relationship with the Lord. How many of you believe there's a lot more room to grow in your faith in your relationship with the Lord than you've ever grown before? <laughs> Come on, he's an eternal God who wants to take us to deep places of revelation and realization. And so we'll be in this room Tuesday morning at 6 o'clock. And I would invite you particularly in the first 40 days to make Tuesday morning prayer a priority. If there's any way for you to join us, we're just taking time just to pray and hear the Lord together. Sunday morning at 10 a.m., we're gathering in here to pray. And just press in, go deeper. I encourage you to, to understand what it is to fast and pray. Um, Jesus fasted and prayed. I mean, I know it's a novel thought in the Western world church, like not eating food for a meal is foreign to a lot of believers, but that should be a normal practice in a Christian's life if we're going to follow the ways of Jesus. Like how many of you believe we really need to kind of recalibrate our focus on our faith? This is, we need to take all of this far more seriously than we've ever taken it before. And I, I just... I, I just felt I needed to explain this. We've done this before, and we're going to pick it up again. This, this month is a fifth Sunday month, a five-Sunday month. And every month in the course of the next year, when there's a fifth Sunday, and we'll do it this month, we're just going to devote ourselves, coming out of worship, to more of an emphasis of prayer and prophetic. He is a speaking God, and we must be a listening people. But I want to just make sure you understand something. What we don't need in this hour of the church is a person on a platform convincing you that they can hear God. What we do need in this hour of the church is the body of Christ being mobilized to understand God is moving us from a room full of consumers who love listening to a minister to become a room full of ministers who love listening to God. That is God's desire for the body of Christ. And so we want to focus on that on that fifth Sunday. We want everybody just to, you know, really be fasted and prayed up and prepare as you come. And what you can do is show up, and whenever you sense something, we'll take time to pray. You might uh, write that word on a Connect card and be able to drop it in a giving station. We're all going to be listening to the Lord, maybe sharing some things uh, accordingly. I don't really know how that's going to work, but we're going to really uh, devote ourselves to exploring and understanding what that looks like. All right. Um, your action point this week. I want to ask you to really pursue the Lord. Ask God to speak to you about your New Year's revelation for 2024. What's on His heart for your coming year? Because He has something on His heart for you. But there's one final uh, video that I want to show. It's been a while since we've shown this. It comes from a very deep place because um, I believe there was a time where we almost lost our youngest daughter, Lexi, because of the standard or the spirit of comparison. She had begun to dismiss her own spiritual walk because it didn't look like mine or her mom's or her sister's faith. And when she graduated from Destiny Christian School, she was encouraged to do a video. And she shares her testimony about this. And it's about a three or four minute clip. So... Uh, I think it'll really help you understand. Our encouragement to you is you be you. Don't try to be somebody else. So if you could play that. When I was first given this assignment, I had no idea what to do. But then Coach Jones gave the seniors a challenge. What message do we want to leave our school with? 
When I heard his challenge, I realized I had never told anyone my testimony before. I have grown up in the church and I come from a family of pastors. My sister actually wants to be a doctor and a pastor. That's not what I want to do though. If you know my family, then you would have noticed that I am very different from the rest of them. My family is all very extroverted, and I'm an introvert. I love to draw, and I'm very artsy. When we would be in church on Sunday, my dad would, of course, be on stage. My mom and sister would also sometimes be on stage praying over people. And my sister also plays the piano for the worship team. I would be in the crowd and kind of feel like, now what do I do? I felt like I wasn't really impacting people like they were. I was in the crowd feeling like God couldn't use me because I wasn't on a stage. I also felt like they were the ones who were constantly hearing God. It was almost like they were in this super secret club with God that they weren't telling me about. I didn't understand why it seemed like God only talked to them instead of me. Was I broken? Was I not praying hard enough? Why won't God talk to me? I was trying to hear him, but God seemed to be mute. It was like how some people say they're going through a dry season in their faith. Except it was like I was going through a dry 16 years. It almost felt like I was living in a bubble, and I was watching everyone around me experience and hear God. The only other way I know how to explain my experience is this. Imagine you're at a concert with your friends and family. You can see that they are all experiencing something so amazing. And they're all talking about how amazing the concert is. You see all of this happening around you, and you so desperately want to experience it too. But it's almost like you're in a soundproof bubble, and no matter how hard you try, you can't hear what they're hearing or feel what they're feeling. You are still stuck in your little soundproof bubble. November of 2017, my family was on a ministry trip, and as usual, I was still stuck in my bubble, and God was still silent, or so I thought. That entire trip, different things would happen where I would get separated from my family, not like I would get lost in the crowd, but when we were walking, there would only be room for the three of them on the sidewalk, and I would end up walking behind or in front of them. Other times we would go out to eat with friends, and I would end up on the other side of the table from my mom, dad, and sister. I began to notice this happening, so I pointed it out to my dad. He told me that maybe God was trying to tell me something, but after 16 years of what seemed like only hearing God maybe four times, it seemed impossible that God was trying to talk to me. But it turns out, he was. I don't remember how it happened exactly, but I do remember that we were in the middle of worship. I had this moment where I suddenly heard God talking to me. It was amazing. It was like my soundproof bubble had been popped. I could finally experience the concert that I had watched everyone else get to experience for the past 16 years of my life. I heard and felt everything around me in a completely different way. Even the music sounded different.
In that moment, God was telling me that I needed to stop comparing myself to my family. He created me for my own purpose, and I should be comfortable in who He created me to be. I had been comparing my family's speaking gifts with my artistic gifts, thinking that I couldn't impact people with my art. I realized that when I stepped into who God created me to be and I was comfortable with it, I found who I was in Him. This journey hasn't been easy. I still battle the spirit of comparison in my life. But when I catch myself comparing my gifts with other people's gifts, I remind myself of the four words that God spoke to me that night that will forever define my life. Those words were, stay in your lane. Um, so let me explain what happens. <clears throat> She's obviously very creatively writing all this out. But ultimately, when she came home and said, I've been given the assignment of doing a video, I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. We'll put some humor in it. I'll give you a couple of joke ideas. We'll give you an intro, a good conclusion. And she was like, no, that's not what I do. She said, I'm going to come up with my own expression of a video. And she came up with this very artistic expression. And she goes on and explains in there basically how she struggled with how I'm on a platform, her mom's on a platform, her sister's on a platform. She didn't want to be on a platform. And, and that made her feel less than spiritual. But God awakened something within her to understand that God's actually called her to be who he's designed her to be, not who she thinks she ought to be in comparison to people around her. It was very liberating for her. We'll uh, include this video in the email that we send out to everybody this week just so you can get your eyes on it because it really is inspiring and I'm not sure what the hang-up is there. But, um, but I, I encourage you, all that's been said, you be you and understand your appetite is what takes you in. Listen, your apathy is what will keep you out. Appetite will take you in, but apathy will keep you out. Tracy and I went to, um, <laughs> she was pregnant, and we had to go to all the classes. And we went to the breastfeeding class, Lord help. I did not want to go to that class, but I showed up, and I was given an apparatus to utilize to learn about this process, and uh, I remember it was just so awkward, the whole thing. And I'm sitting in the class, and they make this statement. They said, the production of the mother is not based on the mother's ability to produce. The production of the mother is based on the hunger of the child. And I just want you to know, God is able to provide in our lives in amazingly wonderful ways. But it's not based on his ability to produce or release. It's based on the hunger of the child. 
hands. Let me ask you, are you hungry today? Come on, if you're hungry, why don't you stand to your feet? Just lift your hands. Let's just invite the Lord to awaken a deeper hunger, a greater appetite in the way we pursue the Lord our God. Understanding faithfulness is not measured in days, but faithfulness is measured in years. Getting a focus is easy, but keeping a focus through surrender to the practices that are born from principles, that's what it takes to begin to experience and explore what it means to live a legacy so that we might leave a legacy. surrender to you today. In the name of Jesus, we surrender to you. I pray, Lord, for each person today that's hearing this, that we would find places of sweet communion with God, places of deeper pursuit of the nature of Christ and the heart of God, not just check the box and get our fast food church over with and move on about real life, understand God's presence is for real life. Everywhere we go, we should be encountering you, experiencing you. It begins first by coming to the cross of Jesus Christ and acknowledging God sent his son Jesus to come and enter into this world to show us the way. God loved us enough to send his son Christ to die for us, to redeem us from our sins and restore our prayer teams just to come up and uh, they'll be available just on both sides of this of the platform today and I want to let's just take just a couple of moments as we press in and worship I've given you a lot of information a lot of coaching a lot of challenge but I really pray that you'll take something and actually bring application in the I would say just in this couple of moments that we have together in worship we Okay, it's over. Let's get out. Let's pause. Let's take what the Lord's awakening within us. Would you just bring that back to Him and worship just for a few moments before we conclude? This is a great time. If you prayed a prayer today to receive the Lord or you have a prayer need, then come and let us pray with you as a prayer team uh, during these few minutes that we have as we press in. Let's go deeper in worship. Mm -hmm. 